0: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. good morning everyone it is your daily crypto news it's thursday january 18th 2024 my name is matt reach me matt at dailycryptonews.net and please do me a favor i haven't asked for a while i wanted to leave you alone but i'm going to bother you again with it go to apple Podcasts, subscribe like hit those five stars share with your friends and family and leave a great comment please let's get into the news BlackRock spot Bitcoin ETF has hit a milestone. Its exchange-traded fund hit $1 billion of assets under management, and that happened yesterday, Wednesday. And it became the first of the recent Bitcoin ETFs to hit said milestone. iBit's holdings consist of 99% of Bitcoin and nearly $60,000 in fiat. The fund also holds 25,067 Bitcoin, and that's as of Today. In more Bitcoin news, Bitcoin's hash rate has dropped 25% over the weekend. And they said that people are saying it's a worrying sign for the security of Bitcoin. And it's a worrying sign because it's ahead of the halving event. But is that the reason for the hash rate fall? No, I don't think so. See, if you're in Texas, and you're, where Texas has a lot of Bitcoin miners, they have an agreement. You can go there, start mining Bitcoin, use all the energy you want. But if they need the energy, that means Texas... Bitcoin miners have to and will give the energy back to the state. And so the Texas Blockchain Council, they tweeted and explained that as Texas faces another spell of freezing weather, concerns about the reliability of the power grid has resurfaced. However, it's reassuring to know that the Texas Bitcoin mining industry stands ready to adjust operations to maintain grid stability. So basically what they're saying is, Texas, we got your back. If there's any kind of grid instability, we got your back and we're going to give this power back to you. What other industry? And I think this is a good thing and it's something that you should ask yourself. Meanwhile, everybody is you know, demonizing how much energy Bitcoin uses, in my opinion, and I've said this many times, is that the human race is always going to use more energy. We need to use more energy to pro- progress and develop and evolve and move forward. We're always going to need to. Where does that energy come from is the real question. But saying that something uses a lot of energy, so therefore it's bad, I, don't, I really don't like that argument. But with this said, how many other industries... Can actively actively and proactively put energy back into the grid when people need it I haven't heard of any other industry doing this willing to do this or even discussing this so I'm gonna call that a win for Bitcoin miners speaking of Bitcoin nearly two billion dollars of Bitcoin that's been pretty much just hanging out since 2013 has just moved what's going on with the 50 thousand Bitcoin that's now moving around in the market well, by the transaction patterns, according to Arkham, it looks like that it's done by an exchange or a custodian that moves funds from existing wallets to new wallets. I don't know why they would do that. Maybe it's for security issues, but it seems like it's either an exchange or custodian that has these funds. Again, if you have $2 billion of Bitcoin, what are you doing with it? Is it for maybe a collection of individuals, wealthy individuals that have some of their portfolio into Bitcoin that you're managing? Is it an exchange? What exchange is around since 2013 that had $2 billion of Bitcoin that's just not moving? So it must be like some kind of custodian that's holding this for very wealthy individuals. I mean, how rich do you have to be to not touch your Bitcoin? It's $2 billion since 2013. Maybe it's just hanging out for a rainy day. Who knows? We have more Bitcoin bulls in the market. One of the largest asset management companies in the world, Franklin Templeton, manages over around $1.4 trillion in assets, and they have laser eyes on basically everything now. Last week, Franklin Templeton joined other major firms, including Blackrock, Eck, Ark fidelity in having their spot bitcoin etf approved by the sec and since then like i said it's been all laser eyes they're bullish they tweeted a couple of things that made everybody else bullish because they're looking at other cryptocurrencies they're looking at say ethereum tweeting we're excited about ethereum and its ecosystem despite the midlife crisis it's recently experienced that's kind of funny we see a bright future with many strong tailwinds to push ethereum's ecosystem forward and they listed eip 4844 restaking, and community revitalization. However, it's not just Ethereum that they're looking at and Bitcoin. They said other L1s outside of Bitcoin and Ethereum so have massive potential and we continue to support to monitor and develop these networks as they grow and mature. Now, why is Franklin Templeton so bullish on crypto all of a sudden? And so there's two things that I'm thinking. Either number one, they just really see that a halving coming up and if they're going to play the odds... That a halving is going to bring big gains to altcoins, layer ones, layer twos, everything in the middle, Bitcoin, of course. So why not ape in now and ride that wave? Now, what happens after the halving, after we get those all time highs, like if it happens, if it happens like traditional, will they continue to support even though we're going to be in a bear market and price go down? Will we have another bear market? We don't even know that either because of the institutional money that might be going in there. So I guess the question is, are they going to be ride to die when Bitcoin goes up and then goes back down? We don't know. The other thing is, is this is an interesting, very big move for them. Are they in some kind of financial trouble? I mean, why now and why crypto? All things I'm considering. So when people make big shifts like this, it's always with a grain of salt for me. Another thing I'm taking with a grain of salt, and I think Coin Bureau sums it up the best, but I'm going to get into that in a minute, is Donald Trump coming out the other day and saying that he's going to promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. And as the American president, he will never allow the creation of a CBDC or a central bank digital currency. He said such a currency would give our federal government the absolute control over your money, and they can take your money, and you wouldn't even know it was gone. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. He vowed to keep it from coming to America. Now, of course, people say things, right? And so one of the things that people are saying is that Vivek Ramaswamy joining the Trump team or the Trump, I guess, campaign around you know New Hampshire right now and other places is kind of pulling him to the Bitcoin side, orange pulling him, if you will, or just telling him about the benefits of crypto or the community. Me, again, being who I am and the skeptic, I think Coin Bureau has the best. He says, what do you think the chances are that Donald Trump actually knows what a CBDC is? It seems like it's more talking points for votes. And that's what I think it is. What do you think? Matt at The EU Council and Parliament has reached a provisional agreement on parts of an anti-money laundering AML package that would require crypto firms to follow stricter due diligence requirements. The European Council said that the new rules will cover most of the crypto sector, requiring crypto asset service providers to conduct due diligence on customers carrying out transactions of $1000 or more. The rules also include measures to mitigate risks in relation to transactions with self-hosted wallets, self-hosted wallets. Dun, dun, dun. Another provision establishes an EU-wide maximum limit of $10,000 for cash payments, which the council claims will make it harder for criminals to launder dirty money. Businesses will also be required to identify and verify the identity of individuals carrying out occasional transactions between 3,000 and 10,000 euro. I think I've been saying dollars this whole time. I'm not really recording it. So every time I said dollars, I mean euro. Celestia Tickertia. <laughs> the Tickertia, I don't know why that's funny to me. But anyway, it's a new cryptocurrency that has recently gained significant attention from the crypto community. From us i guess primarily due to its innovation technology and controversial background of its founder mustafa el basam now those are the reasons why this article says that people are interested in it because of the technology and this founder well i mean those are some reasons or maybe it's just because it mooned it mooned like 800 over the past three months it launched following an airdrop in october of 2023 and now it has a price of around 18 dollars I was looking to ape into it around, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, literally a couple weeks ago at around two or three dollars. And now it's 18. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made because obviously I didn't ape into it because I was like, what the hell is this Tia thing? And why is everybody aping into this Tia? And you know what? Mistakes were made. Doesn't mean it's any good. But anyway, like I said, there's this controversial founder, Mustafa El-Bassam. He's the CEO of Tia and he's this notable hacker, also known as T-Flow. And this is first a red flag, but what's even a bigger red flag is his involvement with the infamous hacking group called LutSec, which targeted organizations like the CIA. I'm sorry, what? Okay, now he's making this cryptocurrency. But after his hacking activities, apparently he's now reformed and he's arrested in 2021. So he come out and says, hey, you know what? That's not cool. I'm sorry. I made mistakes. I'm reformed now. He went for a degree in computer science, and now he's developing a cryptocurrency. There's nothing wrong with this, right? Nobody else sees anything wrong with this, right? Just me? Anyway, apparently, the Celestia stands out for its unique blockchain architecture, which is a modular blockchain architecture. And unlike traditional blockchains, it combines consensus and execution Antia separates these functions, okay? It focuses on verifying transaction availability and consensus in the block header, leaving the execution of transactions to roll-ups. By the way, if you don't know what block headers and all these, if you don't know the construction of a block, please read Mastering Bitcoin by Andreas Antonopoulos. If you have not read Mastering Bitcoin or Mastering Ethereum by Andreas Antonopoulos, stop and go get the book and read it, Please. Like I said, that this TIA is a modular and scalable system, and this separation allows TIA to scale more efficiently. It offloads the computational burden of transactions execution from the main chain, enabling greater scalability and flexibility for different applications. The future goals of this is that TIA wants to have large blocks. And by large blocks, I mean up to 1 gig blocks. That's that's big. That's really big. So there's a little brief on TIA. <laughs> Again, if you missed out on Tia in their massive rising mooning, then I don't know if you want to ape in now or not. But it seems as though this is kind of weird. What do you think? Matt at dailycryptonews.net. But welcome to the crypto space. And finally, have you guys heard about this Rabbit R1? It's like an AI gadget. It's an AI agent that basically helps you. It has a little screen, has a little scroll wheel. It has a little camera. But basically, you talk to it and it helps you out like an AI assistant. I know everybody's seen the Humane AI pin, the AI pin, um, which was a joke, in my opinion. They were developing this, and it absolutely sucks, to be honest with you. Um, this is a third of the price. It doesn't have a subscription. It seems a lot more friendly to use. And Microsoft CEO said that this is the most impressive demo since Steve Jobs' iPhone unveiling. Everybody's kind of going crazy about this. But me being me and being all up in the tech <laughs> I've watched a couple podcasts on this, and I again MKBHD. I mentioned him a lot, but on his Waveform podcast, they were talking about this. And here's where I find the why do we need this sort of question. And they asked it the best: is you're making a new hardware for something that could be just software, and your hardware is there for the software. And I know why they are making the hardware for it, but you don't really need the hardware. For example, in your pocket, you have a phone, and that phone. It has great compute, has great GPU, all the cameras and all the screens that you need. It has microphones and speakers. It can do everything that their hardware can do and absolutely better, way, way better, way better. But they make the hardware. So the question is, why didn't they just make an app and put this AI service into your phone? Why don't they just integrate it into Android and Apple it could be part of your action button, this new cool action button that the phone has, which is the stupidest thing ever. But it could be part of that. And you just activate Rabbit R1. Honestly, that's all it is, is it's software. However, the hardware is where they're trying to make the sale, right? Because if it was just an app, nobody would be excited about it. Nobody's just gonna download an app, pay for the AI assistant, the best AI assistant, maybe, and you won't get that kind of adoption without the hardware. So they're making the hardware in order to try to sell the software and get people used to the software, which I thought was a very astute observation. And, well, everybody's going crazy about this Rabbit R1. I am skeptical again, obviously, because I already saw the Google AI that was completely just chopped up, edited BS, and it didn't do the thing that was supposed to do. And it really pissed me off that they did that. Does this Rabbit R1 work as well as they demoed? Not too sure. If anybody buys one and gets their hands on one, let me know. Matt at DailyCryptoNews.net. Now, let's get into the crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And the time is 10.23 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If your are barely greedy. It's at 61. Bitcoin's in at $42,712, up 0.3% in 24, still down 11% in 7. Ethereum's at $2,527, down 1.2%. Tether's number three, and Binance is at 3.14, up 0.7%. And Solana's under 100 bucks. still. It's down 2% in 24, down 4% in 7. However, it's still, in my opinion, a good buy. Not financial advice. Running off the top ten, we have XRP, USDC, Cardano, Avalanche, and Doge. The total market cap is at 1.68 trillion, down 06 percent in 24. We have a Bitcoin dominance of 49.9 and the ETH dominance of 18.1. And that was our show today. Thank you for listening. I'll see you tomorrow with Asia Focus. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.